You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome. We have 24 hours, almost to the minute, uh, for some 49ers football. We're finally made it, guys. Uh, There's so many things, so many obstacles trying their hardest to stop this from happening, but we will not be denied. We are going to get our 49ers game tomorrow. Um, even the air quality, which, you know, came up last minute with the fires. And, man, just a shout-out to all the people that are working to help that situation. The firefighters putting their lives at risk. It's amazing. Uh, just some great humans out there doing some great work. But it does seem, even though the air quality is bad right now, it does seem like it is going to improve. And even if it does reach the point above 200, the air quality index, um, there are already talks that they are putting in provisions to where they can move the game back to Sunday night or Monday night. So we're getting our football. I don't, I don't care. We're getting it. Might be a little bit delayed, but as of now, it does look like it's going to happen. So we've got an action-packed episode for you one day before the game. We're going to go over injury updates. We've got scheme and tendencies as we break down the Arizona Cardinals offense, uh, kind of what they want to do, players to exploit, players to watch out for, uh, key matchup, keys to win, um, so many different things. And, of course, we've got our bet of the week. I've got two of them for you this week and also my predictions of what I think is going to happen in the game tomorrow. So, so excited, really, absolutely. This is awesome. I mean, there's so many times where you're lucky enough to do exactly what you want to do. And all I want to do right now is just talk 49ers football with you guys. So just want to say thank you, uh, everybody that's showing up. I love the countdown crew coming out Saturday, baby. I love it. Let's go. Let's talk some football. If you got some questions, go ahead and throw them up in the chat. Um, as always, at me, at John Chapman. That way I can see uh, your questions and we can get to those after we break down. Man, the countdown crew is growing. All my hashtag CC people, I love it. And also, I got to say, you know, shipped out last month's countdown crew pri- uh, prize. I am working on some bigger prizes moving forward for the season. So uh, stay tuned for that. We do a giveaway at the end of every single month for our countdown crew. All you have to do is just hit that notification bell. And when we go live, you join, you hit hashtag CC, and that's it. Uh, we keep track of those and we give a new uh, prize out every single month to somebody that's out there, whether it's, you know, autographed memorabilia, 49ers rush stuff. Uh, we've gone off some really cool drawings and paintings. So uh, join that. We, we want you to be a part of the live show. We want the energy. This is the faithful. We are building community, baby. So here we go. Let's jump into the injuries. And there's some good and bad news. Bad news is Debo. Man, there was the slimmest of slim hopes that he could be back for week one. And that's what Kyle Shanahan has been expressing for a very long time. It's not going to happen this week, but that's okay. Um, you know, the good news is if we look at it, one, he didn't make the NFI or the pup list. He would have qualified in the NFI where he would have missed six weeks, but he made the initial roster. That was great. Then they didn't put him on injured reserve, which this year, the 2020 year, because of COVID and everything else, it's only a three week IR. So they could return there. So we have our timetable, right? They could have 
he could have made the initial 53, then put him on IR, and he would have missed weeks one, two, and three. That didn't happen. So it does seem like week two, he will be out there, or week three, he will be out there. My guess, and again, I started at week four, bumped it back to week three. I still think week three. I don't think you have to rush him back uh, versus any of the New York teams, but that's just me. Uh, obviously, the 49ers are a better team with Debo. Every NFL team would be better with Debo, but he is out. Jason Verrett, he is out as well. Now, Brandon Ayuk and Ben Garland, they got in two days of limited practice. This is very, very important. The center position is the weakest in for the 49ers offense, defense, special teams. doesn't matter. It's the weakest. Uh, so if you take out Ben Garland, you're talking Hronis Grasu, or you're talking Daniel Brunskill, who's never played there in the NFL. I love Brunskill more than anybody, but you're talking about taking a guy that's more suited at guard and putting him in a position he's never played week one. I don't like that. So if Ben Garland, which it does appear, will be able to go, um, you know, he's not 100%, but that is huge. It does also seem like Brandon Ayuk is going to be willing to go as well. Now, he was by far the best wide receiver throughout training camp. There's no doubt about that. Him and Trent Taylor definitely stood out. I don't think Brendan Ayuk starts, and I don't think we need him to. Um, I, I think you you know, you know, work 10 to 15 plays of him. You design plays. You get him in there, get some jet sweeps for the rookie in his first game, build some confidence, let him kind of bring some of that excitement and energy. But I don't think he's going to be starting. I, I think the starting wide receivers, and we've been saying this for a while now, week one, Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis. And we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Pettis at the end of the episode because I got some predictions for you. Uh, I just can't quit him. I just can't quit him. Uh, the talent is there. And Kyle Shanahan, you know, the perfect fit with everything that's going on. It, it fits. And so I, I really do think that this is the make it or break it game for Dante Pettis. This is it. If he goes out there and lays a stinker and, you know, leads to some drop passes or anything, I think he's done. Um, I think he gets bumped down um, and will be just a backup injury guy only. But what if, what if, what if Dante Pettis finally, we're hearing all the right things from him and the coaches and other people on the team. What if it finally clicked? And what if he can finally be what we thought he was? Uh, what's the old Dennis Green press conference? They are who we thought they were. <laughs> Maybe this happens in a positive way with Dante Pettis. Because if you could add him, he's the best route runner that we have on the team. It's not close. He creates the most separation on the team. It's not close. If he can become a factor... And again, you only need him as a third or fourth wide receiver once everybody gets healthy. That's it. And that's great. Um, you know, I'm not talking about a true number one wide receiver. We have that in Debo. Uh, hopefully, we'll have that as well in Brendan Ayuk. But if it, just the extra added element to go in there and run those slants, get that separation. If we can get anything from Debo and Solomon Thomas, so we will jump to the other side of the ball. We get anything from those guys, watch out. Okay. Um, now, we do have to talk about Tevin Coleman. Um, he was there at practice. He's not injured, but he does have sickle cell. Um, and he has it written into his contract that if air quality is over 150. He does not have to play. This is rough. Obviously, he wants to be out there, especially with how healthy all these running backs are. Um, you don't want to lose your job. And we've seen this, you know, the whole Alex Smith thing, losing your job because of injury or not being out there. What if Tevin Coleman doesn't go, Jarek McKinnon gets those snaps and just goes ham? <laughs> um, What's going to happen whenever Tevin Coleman comes back week two? So hopefully we get Tevin Coleman out there. I don't think that it will be below 150, though. Hopefully it will. Um, but, you know, you always – health first, always. Uh, I believe in that. So hopefully he takes care of himself, and we'll just have to let the situation kind of deal with itself. But if for some reason Tevin Coleman is out, um, I doubt that they would bring up Jamichael Hasty to the active roster. I think there's bigger needs at uh, center um, and defensive line or edge, but th that should be announced any minute. And if it is announced during this podcast, please uh, put that in the comments because the timeline to announce who you're pushing up from the practice squad, some teams have already done that. Kyle Shanahan always goes last. We know who he is, um, but we'll just have to see what happens there. For them, they have one guy out. That's Josh Jones. We weren't sure. Last episode, we talked about his injury, the third round offensive tackle. Um, he is out. And so, man, yeah, as we go through, 
and we talk about what is going to happen with this Cardinals offense, what their design is, what the philosophy is, what that means for the 49ers and how to stop what it is they're trying to do. Offensive line, to say it's a question mark, is to be very, very kind. Um, you could put their offensive line definitely in the bottom four of the NFL, and I think that's saying a lot. It's been that way since Kingsbury, before Kingsbury was there, and now it's worse. It has not improved by any stretch of the imagination. It, it's 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 abysmal. Look at that, bringing it back. I haven't used that word in like seven episodes probably. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's the injuries. Now, uh, you know, I talked to you guys about wanting to get your stories out there a little bit more. And an opportunity to do that is to share through iTunes review and wherever you listen. Please rate and review the show whenever we switched over from Blue Wire Network to where we are now. Um, it kind of went independent. It dropped us down the rankings just because the algorithm changed because I don't know how it works, but whatever. So we need some more positive reviews to get the 49ers Rush podcast up. And this one comes from Jared. This is awesome. I love this. Uh, it put a big smile on my face. Hopefully it will do the same for you. He's a Patreon supporter as well, so just want to say thank you, Jared. He's from Connecticut, uh, born and raised in Connecticut. I don't know how we stole him, but here's his story. He became a fan back in 2003 when he was a kid, and he says he won a 49ers mini football from the claw machine, the claw, um, as a kid. And that was it. That was it. It took winning one football, and then he became a fan. Um, I freaking love this. It's the little bitty things. For me, it was a terrible stepdad <laughs> that made me <laughs> root against the Cowboys because I grew up in Dallas. But it, I, I want more of these stories, and there's a bunch of them coming in. We've already got five or six posted on there. Please get your stories in. If you've already reviewed the show, I just want to say thank you. Go review it on your wife's account and leave your story. I need your stories. The faithful need your stories on how you became a fan. So just want to say thank you, Jared. Really do appreciate that. Now, let's go into the strengths and what to watch out for with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, with them being a divisional game, we see them twice a year. Um, you know, obviously, you get Kingsbury in there from Texas Tech, and then they go draft Kyler Murray. We saw him twice last year. Kyler Murray is what drives this entire franchise. And is he electric? Yeah, he is. Is he going to be a good quarterback? He's going to probably be a great quarterback. You remember, he went number one in front of Nick Bosa. So, I, I love the competing... Um, mindset of the number one versus number two pick, division rivals, quarterback versus defensive end. They're on the field at the same time. They get to hit each other at the same time. They key each other, all those different things. I mean, the headlines are there, and it's beautiful. And it was funny. Uh, Nick Bosa was asked, like, oh, do you still talk to Kyler? He's like, oh, we don't talk too much. He's like, but we were friendly during the draft or whatever. But, yeah, we don't we don't talk too much. Uh, it's hard to whenever you have that tension there. Um so now one thing that I did think was interesting is whenever they asked Nick Bosa about Kyler Murray, he, he kind of tipped his hand a little bit. And Nick Bosa said, we know where he likes to go. Again, played him twice last year. We know where he wants to go. We want to stop that and force them into third and longs. Okay, it's not difficult. It's not, you know, rocket science. Third and longs, no offense wants to be under. But even more so this offense as we continue to break it down. Because here's what they want to do, okay? They want quick timing routes, get the ball out quick, short little bitty gains. They're not the biggest deep passing team. Um, Kyler Murray definitely has that, but they didn't have the wide receivers for that last year. Now, they will put in some play action kind of deep balls, but they're not like seven-step drops or any kind of that stuff. It's not what the 49ers do. It's a completely different offense. It's a zone read quick, let the ball go. So even on their deep routes, they'll do a quick play action and lob it much more so than, you know, do the seven-step drop, bounce, 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 let it out after five, six counts. They don't do that. Um their offensive line can't handle it. And the wide receivers weren't really great at that either last year because Christian Kirk was hurt. You've got, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest wide receivers ever. But he's banged up and old. He's not. He's a slot guy more so now than he is a deep uh, wide receiver threat. But now they got DeAndre Hopkins. Now they got Christian Kirk, who is healthy. So that's going to be a little bit more of an option. So you want to force them into third and longs, which is going to telegraph exactly what it is that they want to do um, and make them very predictable, which is what you want. Now, a couple things that they're really good at, okay, their strengths. Um, third best on fourth down conversions. They will go for it. They do. If it's fourth and three and they're in the middle of the field, they're going for it. P 
period. Fourth and one, they're going to go for it almost anywhere on the field. Probably not behind the 40, uh, but they, they're they very, very aggressive. Um, they don't turn the ball over. They only had six fumbles lost, which was second best in the NFL. Five of those were on Kyler, so he is susceptible, probably because he's a smaller dude. Um, but you can get the ball out from Kyler. But they don't really fumble the ball very much in interceptions as well. Only 12 interceptions. So um, better than half the league there. Now, the best thing, and this is a huge misconception of what the air raid offense is. Okay, Everybody thinks the air raid just wants to throw the ball. That's not true. That's not what it is. You can go back to Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Um, you can go back all the way to the Cal days when Jared Goff was there. That's not what they do. Yes, they throw the ball. But they run the ball efficiently. The air raid spreads out to open up inside running lanes. They averaged five yards per carry. That's incredible. They're one of the best in the NFL at rushing the football straight up the middle. Now, they don't have a very complex scheme because it's really it's one play. You run the, the, full, the running back right up one of the A-gaps. And then you tuck the quarterback around the edge. And so what you're doing is you're just putting extra stress over the gap integrity because you have to maintain the inside. You have to stop the running back right up the middle, and then you've got to stop Kyler Murray off the outside. And whenever Nick Bosa said, we know where he wants to go. You have to force this guy. you got to force him inside. That's just all that there is to it. And again, focusing on five yards to carry. You can't allow them to do that. This is why you draft Kinlaw. This is why you went and got him. Because, you know, again, Buckner's amazing. Is Kinlaw Buckner? Hell no, he's not. He probably won't be for a few years. But the one area that is very clear that Javon Kinlaw is superior to DeForest Buckner, it's in stuffing the run and bull rush, shortening those gaps on the inside because he weighs 30-plus more pounds and is way stronger um, and so this is this is key. We're gonna find out real quick whether Javon Kinlaw is here and he's going to be a player or he's not, because this matchup has his name written all over it. One, he's going against one of the worst offensive lines he'll see all year. Two, they love to attack that A gap to the three tech side, which is where he's going to be. So if he can shove that offensive guard back, guess what? You just eliminated half of the zone read play. Which means Kyler's going to have to keep it a lot. Which means you get to hit Kyler as much as possible as long as you don't let him outside. That defensive end on the unblocked side versus the zone read, he's going to have to tee up. Oh my gosh. We got to be hitting Kyler Murray nonstop. You got to put that guy on the ground. Because if, if you force them to do that enough and they start to get worried about their quarterback, they're going to abandon that play. And they're just going to start throwing the ball much more so. Um or do automatic gives. So some weaknesses for this offense, 48 sacks allowed most in the NFL, uh, tied for most in the NFL. But yeah, you can hit them. And, and the whole O-line philosophy is this. They don't care. <laughs> they know their O-line sucks. They don't care. The idea is, guess what, guys? We're going to throw the ball before your guys can get to our quarterback. That's how we're going to negate your pass rush. Well, it doesn't work whenever all your wide receivers aren't getting open fast enough. So they go make this trade for DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best wide receivers. We'll see how that translates. I think it's going to work really well, to be honest with you. But again, they don't care about the offensive line. They build from the outside in. Same thing on defense. They build from the outside in. It's the antithesis to what the 49ers do. We want to win in the trenches. <laughs> All of our first round picks uh, since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been here have been on offense or defensive line. Um, now, the second first round pick that we've had, uh, we used one on uh, Reuben Foster, don't even want to say his name, and then another one on Brandon Ayuk. But the first first round selection in each draft has been an offense or defensive lineman. We build from the inside out. They build from the outside in. So you have these two different philosophies going against each other, and I love it. Love it because it, it, it's almost like a it, it's 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 a taste test. It's the Pepsi challenge, right? Uh, oh, this one's definitely better. Well, we get to find that out. Now these two teams play each other tough, as we talked about last episode. The last ten games, the Cardinals are up eight to two, <laughs> which is embarrassing. But the 49ers did win the last two games, so we're going to get to see what that looks like. Um, another huge weakness is passing touchdowns. 
They only had 20 last year, which was 25th best uh, in the NFL. They do not capitalize whenever they get into the red zone and the field shrinks. This is a huge criticism of the air raid offense because you can spread it out in the middle of the field. That's great. But once you get into the red zone, and everything starts to shrink in, that philosophy doesn't work anymore. And so they try to convert to more of a power-style game, but it just doesn't work because that's not your bread and butter. You're asking people to do things that they're not programmed to do. You bring in personnel, you bring in players that fit the air raid, and then you're like, okay, good, you can do this, now do something else. And it doesn't always work. And so they haven't hit that yet. So, um, you know, focusing a little bit on scheme and tendencies, you know, going back to the zone read, which is their entire offense is predicated upon this one simple play, the mesh point between the quarterback and the running back, right? You leave the defensive end unblocked to the running back side, okay? And the quarterback just stares down the court, the defensive end. If the defensive end crashes to help with the running back, the quarterback keeps it, goes outside. One of the biggest complaints last year, for those of you who are with the our podcast all last year, we crashed our defensive ends and allowed the quarterback to escape freely. But later on during the year, after we played Russell Wilson twice, after we played Lamar Jackson, after we played Kyler Murray twice, we made adjustments. We changed what our defensive rule book was to where instead of we did basically a simple gap exchange instead of crashing the defensive end to help with the running back and then having your linebacker loop over the outside to chase down the quarterback we switched it and we said screw that both of our inside linebackers are responsible for the dive back right up the middle the running back and our defensive end that is unblocked is going to sit and attack the quarterback it works way better against the zone read um, so you give up a little bit on the inside run with that, but that's why you bring in Kinlaw. I mean, this it, it just it makes sense. It just makes sense. Um, so super excited to see what this is going to be. And you know, one of the quotes from Bosa that I took away, he said, "You have to keep an eye on his hips." Talking about Kyler Murray because he's shifty as hell. The lowest center of gravity in the NFL. I keep throwing shots because he's short. I think he's probably taller than me. I'm 5'11". I think he's like 5'8", 5'9", but whatever. Um, you have to force him to the inside. Whenever Kyler Murray keeps the ball, he can't let him go to the sideline. Can't do it. You've got to get the risk of him taking a hit and letting him slide and get on the ground. That's fine. But if he gets outside, if we lose contain on the zone read, that is where the Cardinals would do their damage. You can't allow it. Now, they do more 10 personnel than any other team in the league. Again, opposite of the 49ers. 10 personnel means one running back, um, no tight ends. So there's going to be four wide receivers out there. So we're going to be a nickel package, dime package a lot. You're going to see some three safety looks from the 49ers. Um, it, it's going to be different because... It, they're not, there's not a lot of offenses that are like theirs in the NFL. Some people do some of the things they do. Yeah, there's zone read, all that stuff. But just the way they do everything is just different. And because their whole idea is just to spread everything out. And so what I want to do now is just listen to Fred Warner and him talk about how important it is for open field. Um, defense, if you miss tackles, you give teams second chances. They got hell of good players on their side, too. If you miss those tackles, bad things happen. Here's Fred Warner. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you mentioned it. They're, they're going to they're gonna use their, uh, as much space as they can, uh, get us into open space to try and make tackles, and it's going to take all 11. You know, I, I, I joke around with the guys that we have to have our track spikes on this week, uh, getting ready to run to the football, all 11 to the, to the ball, um, you know, to make sure that we're getting guys down. You know, and I, I think, you know, Fred kind of said it very well. One of the strengths of this team is they don't miss a lot of tackles. Quan's kind of the big one, right? Quan does miss a lot of tackles. But outside of that, and again, you could talk about, yes, Quan misses tackles, but yes, he also has the highest motor of the team. That dude never quits. Even in the Super Bowl when he had the worst game ever, he's still flying around everywhere. Um, so you got to fly around. You got to make plays. That is key. Now, the good thing, about all the tent personnel that they're going to do, you're leaving the pass rushers one-on-one -on -one with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, which means you're going to have some awesome hits on the quarterback. There's a reason 
why Kyler Murray was sacked 48 times most in the NFL last year. It's because their offensive line sucks and you have no help. <laughs> and so if you blitz somebody, everybody's got a one-on-one matchup. Okay, and obviously Nick Bosa is going to get his. Eric Armstead's going to get his. But here's another thing that we didn't talk about. D Ford did not play in these games last year healthy. He wasn't there. D Ford, this game is built for D Ford. Once we get to our predictions, I want, I want to calm down just a little bit. I don't want to give away too much. But let's move now to our key matchups. And I, I want to focus on two key matchups. And this is going to lead to our Blue Chew riser rising player of the week if you get the uh the pun there here we go blue chew baby let's hear it this episode is brought to you by blue chew guys do you remember the days when you were always ready to go well now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence and all you have to do is head over to bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis and you can take it anytime day or night empty stomach whatever it's there for you blue chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to the doctor there's no office you don't have to go to the awkward waiting line there's none of that and it ships right to your door in a discreet package they're made in the united states and that helps them be even cheaper than going to a pharmacy because they ship it to you directly so here's what you have to do head to bluechew.com use promo code 49ers like always 49 ERS and your first is on the house it's free all you have to do is put up five bucks to cover shipping to get it to you again that's bluechew.com promo code 49ers to go out there and give it a shot thank you for your support bluechew really do appreciate it head over there bluechew.com all right so here's our rising player of the week it's e-man Emmanuel Mosley. Good Lord. One, he's amazing. From undrafted free agent to starting in the Super Bowl. Now what's his responsibility? He's going to be going up against DeAndre Hopkins. Now, they determine who guards whom. Uh, because, again, we do not rotate corners. We did it a little bit last year in the playoffs where Sherman would travel to the left side and right side, but not too often. I don't expect them to be doing that week one. Uh, Sherman's going to stay on the defensive left. Emmanuel Mosley will stay on the defensive right. Um, obviously, you'll have your nickels and your safeties and things coming out. But, um, you know, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins versus Sherman's going to be great. It, that's must-see TV. If you see them break the huddle, which they don't do very often, but if you see DeAndre Hopkins going to the offensive right side, man, just watch that. Do not watch the ball. Watch the right side because that's just going to be so much fun. I can't wait for the you know the coaches film, the All-22, comes out for our Patreon breakdowns because I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to follow – DeAndre Hopkins, and we're going to be watching him versus the outside corners. Uh, we're going to be talking about that a lot uh, after the game. So that's going to be key because DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his. There's no doubt about that. But where DeAndre Hopkins separates himself from other wide receivers is just how tough and if he goes down on first contact. Now, we have some of the best tackling secondary in the NFL. So you have to limit right? It's it's old sports center, uh, Stuart Scott. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And that's what you want to do. Do not allow him to run away with the game. If you stop him there, that's going to change the everything that they're trying to do on offense. Now, the other thing that we want to pay attention to on this side of the ball, and I've alluded to it already, Kenyon Drake rushing up the middle, okay? This is paramount. If If I was a defensive coordinator, which I'm not, I'm terrible, but whatever, this is number one. You got to stop that. The inside run. If you can take that away from them, okay? Remember the Kenyon Drake game where he rushed for over 100 yards right after they traded for him against us? That That's what they want to do. They want to run the ball up the middle. You have to stop that. Javon Kinlaw. This is huge. Solomon Thomas. DJ Reed. Those defensive tackles. Contavious Street. Givens. Eric Armstead some as well. Those guys have to stop. They have to stop. I said DJ Reed, didn't I? Dang it, live show. Can't edit that. DJ Jones, I'm so sorry. So sorry, DJ. Uh, heart you, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, DJ Jones on the inside. Uh, but if you can limit, okay, again, five yards per carry is what they averaged for the whole 2019 year. You got to keep that under four. You got to keep that under four. If you're get, if they're only getting three yards a pop there, that's a huge success. Okay, anything over four, that's problematic. 
Okay. Now, Sherman, as we talked about, which I think is key, he's he's got to find a way to get his hands on the ball at some point. Um, you know, incredible ball skills. One of the best ever. And everybody can talk about how he's losing a step or whatever. That's total BS. And, you know, he was asked, how much longer do you think you're going to be played? And, man, his answer, I'll just cut to him right now. Here's Sherman talking about how long he wants to play. It did, it did especially throughout the rehab process. It it, it gave me it, – it forced me to, to, to find other ways to, to get the job done. You know, and, and when I was still coming back throughout training camp, um, when my legs weren't under me, when I wasn't getting power out of my legs that I needed because my Achilles wasn't totally he- cured um, and healed, I felt like I had to adjust. And, and it gave me confidence because I was still able to get to some of the spots. Now, it was a lot more difficult to get to those spots, and it was a lot more difficult to make the plays, but it wasn't impossible. And I, and I feel like once it's impossible, then, you know, you got to hang the cleats up and you got to be done because there's a certain standard that you have for yourself. There's a certain standard I play at. Um, and it's a certain expectation that I have for myself. If I'm going to go out there and strap up the cleats and, and stand out there and be a cornerback for this football team, I expect myself to play at a certain level. And if I play at anything other than that level, there's no reason for me to play. So um, I, do, I do believe that I, I have good years left in me. I, you know, I'm only going to play three after this. You know, that's what the wife told me. So I don't, I don't call any shots after that. So, you know, three years after this, if, if you know, the, the good San Francisco 49ers would love to keep me on my ball, this ball club, I'd love to be here. But you know, after that, then I'm I'm gonna go into the booth. So so many things to take away from that. One, Richard Sherman in the booth. I think we all want it. Uh, anytime this guy talks, uh, and even back to his days in Seattle when we all hated him, right? Um, the guy knows what the hell he's talking about. Obviously, smart as hell. But the way he sees the game is is it's second to none in the secondary. And just the way he explains everything is, is huge. And so, one, hopefully we figure out what happens, you know, in 2021. But we, we've got to tackle what's ahead. And he's healthier. He's doing he's doing well. You know, coming off a full year after being healthy is huge. So that's huge as well. So uh, you love Richard Sherman. You, you love the attitude, three more years and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, somebody in this secondary is going to have to make plays because going to the Cardinals, they don't turn the ball over. Again, as we said, they don't fumble. Only 12 interceptions. You got to go get the ball. And the way in which that you do that versus the Cardinals, you hit Kyler Murray in the damn mouth. That's what has to happen. You frustrate him. You stop the run up the middle. You hit Kyler whenever he tries to run. You don't let him walk out of bounds. You don't let him flip the ball to the ref uh, standing up. You put him on the ground. Uh, That's what you have to do. And so you have to pin back your your ears on the defensive side, especially defensive ends. Okay, Defensive ends responsible for Kyler Murray. Defensive tackles stop (laughs) Kenyon Drake. You do those two things, and everything else is going to fall into place. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about our bets of the week with my bookie, baby. I love this. So um, if you haven't bet with us before, you need to. Hopefully you put your bet down uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs game. We won 48 bucks already on that one. Uh, but let's look. I got two bets for you this week from my bookie. Again, if you don't bet with them yet, you need to head over there. Just use promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your first deposit up to $1,000. They double it. Now, rollovers do apply, which you can call ahead, and they'll explain all that to you there. But here's the deal. We bet all year long, and that's the site we use. They sponsor the podcast, and we did well. We tripled up last year just on the bets. And any bet that I mention on here, my money goes down on that as well. So here we go. Here's our bet of the week. The first one is in the the 49ers-Cardinals game. It's the first half over-under. Okay, so at the at halftime, how many points are on the board? 23 and a half is what they have, and that's minus 120. I'll explain what that means in a second. I'm taking the over. I think that there will be a higher combined score than 24 points. If you look at kind of what happened in week nine and week 11, week nine, they scored 28. Week 11, they scored 26. The 49ers are going to jump out quick. I really do believe that. You bet 10, you win $18. That's the minus 120 and how that works out. So that's my first bet. The second one's a little bit of a parlay. I've got a three-team parlay. Okay, I'm taking the 49ers money line, which means the 49ers just went straight up. And then I'm taking the Colts, and I bought two points. So the Colts are favored by eight and a half points over the Jags, who I think are the worst team in the NFL. Um, so I bought two points, which bumps it from eight and a half points they have to cover to six and a half. 
Okay, then I took the Eagles and I bought a point and a half against the Redskins. Yes, I know Miles Sanders is out. I get it. I don't believe in the Redskins team. Their D-line's great, but I still don't think that they have a formidable roster yet. I think they're a few years away. So I bought a point and a half on that game as well. That brings it down to four and a half points they have to cover. You bet 10 to win 26. Okay, that's kind of what that's what I put on there. So again, I'm taking the over on the 49ers first half score. 49ers and Cardinals first half score at 23.5. And 49ers money line, Colts and Eagles um, added those points on there. That's with my bookie. So bet with us. Um, it's a lot of fun. And if you're one of those people, if money's tight, then don't mess with it. You can bet as little as a dollar. <laughs> so make this something that's fun. Uh, you never bet anything that you can't afford to lose. It's entertainment. Uh, that's kind of how I see it. But we're going to do well, trust me, throughout the season. Now let's get to our predictions. Um and after predictions, we'll jump to uh, questions uh, that have been posted the whole time during this podcast. Appreciate you guys being with us. Here we go. Here are my predictions. One, Kittle and the tight ends go off. There's no doubt about that. They are made for this. And it only amplifies the fact that Debo's out. Ayuk uh, might be probable. He's going to play, but he hasn't been worked into the game plan as much as you would like. So the tight ends are going off. Kittle's going to go crazy. I got him going for six receptions, 115 yards, and at least one touchdown. I want him to get two. I think there's a strong possibility Kittle gets two touchdowns. If you remember, one, he got hurt versus this team. You remember the awesome play that he had against them. Two, Kittles or Dwelly scored two touchdowns against them as well, which he didn't get a play in the second game against them. So, not to mention all the Buddha contract stuff. You got Isaiah Simmons coming in. This is going to be a Kittle game. It's going to be a Kittle game. Next up, Dante Pettis. And it's which version is this? I, I I started the episode by talking about Pettis, and we're going to end the episode talking about Pettis. Here's the deal. This is either the last straw or it's time to add him into the game plan. Okay, so he's either going to have one catch for seven yards on like four targets and they just rotate him out or he's going to go ham. You know, you're talking five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown or something along those lines. I don't think he's, you know, one of those guys that's going to get a lot of targets. But Pettis, this is it, man. We, we, we love you, <laughs> we support you, we get pissed off at you, but that's just sports. This is your chance. Come on, Pettis, go get it done, baby. On the defensive side, D Ford, I got him getting at least one and a half sacks, and I think another two quarterback hits, I think he's going to be all over, um, all over Kyler Murray. You know, if you look at just all the... The hate speech that's been used against D Ford by the faithful. They're, everybody's talking about when can we cut him? When can we cut him? When can we? No, you don't cut this guy. He's a premier pass rusher in the NFL. And I think he's been waiting to prove that. I can't wait to see what he does. I think his snap count's going to be pretty damn high, to be honest with you. So I think D Ford has the best game on defense. And again, Ken Law, his stat sheet doesn't matter. But here's how you measure. Whether Javon Kinlaw is going to work out or not. And I know it's more than one game, but as far as immediate impacts, week one, he's filling some big shoes with DeForest Buckner. Okay, don't care about stats, don't care about tackles, don't care about pressures, don't care about any of that. Here's what I care about Are the Cardinals held to under four yards a carry? That's what I care about. If that is below Kinlaw, A. Plus. Because he's going to be the point of attack where they're going to double team him and they're going to try to run it right where he's supposed to be. It's not his job to get the tackle. It's his job to disrupt the running back running through the mesh point straight up the A-gap. That's his job. So if it's a linebacker that gets him or whomever else, don't care. That's not what's important here. You want to make sure he's not getting moved side by side or off the ball. And I don't think you can move that dude even if you wanted to. Uh, now, I don't think we'll see Ken Law in a lot of pass rushing snaps. So, again, throw the stats out of there. Stats don't determine whether you're a good football player or not. Um, look at the bigger picture. So, that's going to be key there. And my final score alert. Here we go, baby. Oh, I'm excited. I love it, too, because I'm building suspense here. I, I can tell you guys are frustrated. That's okay. One of my favorite things is when I'm wrong. Um, because you guys let me know and hold me accountable. I, I love it, man. Um, we're talking through this and we're figuring stuff out. This week one, the hardest 
week of the entire season to predict because we don't have any track record. This is a new team. But I do have the 49ers winning, and I do have them covering the spread 31-23. to 23. I do think the Cardinals will be able to put up some points. Um, you know, my prediction the whole week was 31-20, but I think that they're going to get a little bit more points than that. So I got 31-23, to 23, 49ers win. They start off, you know, 1-0 against a divisional opponent, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's jump into some questions and comments. Oh, Big Tone, I love you, man. Uh, Big Tone 707, I came here to hear somebody laugh and talk at the same time. It's a gift. It's a gift, brother, and you're welcome. Uh, the it's the teacher thing. You can't break away from your lecture unless you use humor. And once you use humor, people uh, jump in there. And as teacher, you only got so much time, so you got to talk and laugh at the same time, buddy. I love it. Uh, from Nick, he asks, has Sayla finally figured out how to stop a mobile quarterback that's the question mark. Um, we have seen it, but again, you got to pay attention to. You're going to see it on the very first Cardinals drive. When they run zone read, are we crashing the unblocked defensive end to chase a running back? If you see that, understand cuss words are coming out of Chapman's mouth. Um, that's happening. So uh, hopefully they finally figure it out you can't let the quarterback beat you that's why you go get ken law to stop the interior run i think we're going to see that so i'm pretty excited i love this question who will be the more impactful week one mckinnon or reed i love me some tight ends okay especially in this matchup it's built for the tight ends and i think reed's going to have probably three catches but if tevin coleman doesn't get a suit up because of the air quality and a sickle cell and all that stuff that's going on. Jarek McKinnon, who everybody has talked about nonstop in training camp and how this guy's ready. He hasn't played in two years. You want to talk about somebody who's got something to prove? We've talked about Kittle, who missed the Arizona games. We've talked about D Ford, who was out. No, Jarek McKinnon hasn't played in two damn years. Get that guy the ball in the open field. Uh, so excited just to see how he'll adjust. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Two guys, um, McKinnon and Reed. I love it. So I'm going to go Reed unless Coleman doesn't play. Then I'm going McKinnon. I'm straddling the line. I know that's not allowed. From Rich, will Shanny have a game plan to have all our wide receivers be involved in the passing game since Debo is out? Yeah, um, he doesn't really call a lot of passing plays that are targeted to individual wide receivers. And he, he's come out and said this a lot of times. That it's not really his goal. I think what he wants to do is see what the defense gives him. And probably one of the better things that Kyle Shanahan's better at than other offensive coordinators, he's going to step back and see what they're trying to do. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Do defensively and then exploit whatever weakness they give them. If you remember, during the second Arizona game, this is where we went to all the empty packages on offense. And <laughs> he goes out and throws for four touchdowns both times against them. So if they want to take away the run, which is probably going to be their goal, then yeah, I, I think you're going to see all wide receivers get you know brought in. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great fantasy play this week. He's great. Uh, I don't think that he's a good fantasy play most weeks just because at any given time, the 49ers could just run the ball 45 times. But against the Cardinals, his two best games last year, you could see that. So if they're going to load the box and bring those safeties down there, that's fine. Let Jimmy Garoppolo just pick people off. Uh, there's no problem with that. And yeah, Debo's out, but the wide receiver room is much healthier overall than what it was at the start of last year. Um that's just what it is. Uh, from Mark Popovich, love it. Can Ronald Blair return after week three? Uh, isn't he on IR? He's not on IR. He was put on PUP, which means he can't come back until after week six. Um, so we currently don't have anybody on IR um, that's able to return. So because he was put on PUP, he is out for six weeks. Um, so that's where we're at there. Do you think Ben Garland will start? Heck yes, I do. Uh, ben Garland should start, which would put... Bruin skill at right guard, it increases two positions, right? Uh, two out of the five positions get an upgrade, which is huge. I love that question, Mark. Appreciate that very much. From Zach, who are you most excited to see tomorrow? Um, it's Trent Taylor or Ayuk for you. I love it. Mine is the other Trent. Trent Williams, silverback, baby. Oh, I love it. He gets to go against Chandler Jones. We get to find out right away. If we have a top three offensive tackle in the league or if we've got a guy that needs some work getting back. Uh, so mine is Trent Williams because left tackle is one of the premier positions in football. And the fact that we could get somebody that could be what Trent Williams can be, we're going to find out right off the bat. So Trent Williams is definitely my answer there. Uh, pretty excited to see what that's going to be. Um, <laughs> Eric, are you going to bench Kyler Murray this week in fantasy? Dang, dang you, Eric. How dare you put <laughs> my allegiance on the line? He's in one of our fantasy charity leagues, uh, raising money for toys for tots. Thanks, Eric. No, I'm not benching him. Uh, that's a super flex league. I'm starting that bad boy. Um, here we go. Another question. I can't pronounce your name. Um, will our offensive line hold up? Yeah, against the blitzing Cardinals. I believe so. And if Ben Garland's in there, it, it, here's the thing. We talked about how bad and porous the Cardinals' offensive line is. Well, guess what? Defensive line's just as bad. You have Chandler Jones, who's a 3-4 outside linebacker, but you can count him as an edge guy. Outside of that, it's pretty weak. You got Jordan Phillips. That's fine. Um, you got the kid from Boston College at the other defensive end spot, Allen. It, it, he was great in college. I really liked his film, but he hasn't panned out yet. I think our offensive line's going to be okay. And I, I think if you struggle early on with their pass rush, then I think you just incorporate a lot more play action. Um, play action, quick passing. And if you still struggle, then you go empty, which we saw them do against Arizona twice last year. Um, motion out into empty backfield, force them into man-to-man, -man, and just get the ball out quick. So I, I think those are some options for sure. Um, so I, I really, really do like that. Uh, I don't think that our offensive line is going to have too many problems this week. Now you fast forward to the New York teams and the Eagles teams in weeks two, three, four. That's a whole nother story. Um, so uh, that's kind of where we're at. Real quick. Um, oh, I don't like this. Debo to IR. I don't know if this is uh, legit or not. Debo to IR, Grasso and D. Johnson, your boy promoted up from the practice squad. Uh, it makes sense. I don't like it, but uh, it does make sense. And so, you know, you can kind of say whatever. And, you know, I just got verification here from Matt Barrows. Um, yeah, Samuel did finally go on the IR, which means he can be back in three weeks. So that means he's going to miss week one, two, and three. Uh, which means he'll be back for the Eagles game, back to where we said he would be uh, from the start. And so that's 
That's what it is. Now, the good news about that is you will get a roster exemption. You'll be able to bring somebody else in uh, to the team. It does look like, you know, they promoted uh, Hronis Grasso, who's just in case you need extra center. If Ben Garland can't go, you do have that there. Dante Johnson, he's going to play on every single special teams, and he knows the scheme. He can step in. So uh, curious to see how that goes. Appreciate that. I'm glad that that happened while we were recording live and we could talk about it. Uh, so great job there. Thanks for filling that in there. That's bad news on Debo. That hurts. That hurts. We were hoping to get him back week two, but it just seems like why not put him? Wait. Just wait. When a Jones fracture goes bad, you get what happened to Trent Taylor last year. You don't want that. So just wait. Uh, you're playing against the Jets. <laughs> you're playing against the Giants. You, if, if you lose to those teams, it's not because Debo's in there or out there. or It's not what it is. So I, I love this. You're, you're playing for the NFC West title. You're playing for the playoffs. You're playing for the Super Bowl. You're not playing to beat the Jets and Adam freaking Gase. So I, I totally understand that. It's it's not great news, but I get it, right? And that's kind of what we do. We step back and we say, all right, that's okay. It's going to give other guys time to shine and to step up during this time that, you know what? Jets and Giants, not a big deal. Not a big deal. We'll deal with those whenever we get there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember, head over, leave a review. Tell us your story about how you became part of the faithful. We've got to get these stories out there because we are the greatest fan base in sports period i don't care um i i love anytime i wear my stuff which i wear 49er stuff all the time the comments i get from people is awesome and so rep your team let's go we got football tomorrow and remember as soon as the game is over win lose or draw which is going to be a win soon as the kyle shanahan press conference is over we go live so make sure you hit that notification bell. Join us. We're going to get a lot off our chef. We're going to celebrate. We're going to cry. We'll do whatever it takes that our team leaves us with. So just want to say thank you guys as always. And, man, we got football, baby. Less than 12 hours. Man, I freaking can't wait. So until then, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.